back to the Ardente podcast. You are listening to Elaine once again. Sorry for the um, delay since our last episode. Uh, we have been trying to keep to a schedule, but we haven't been sticking to it. And I'm happy to announce to you guys in this episode that we will be um, keeping to a weekly schedule from now on. So we've set our release date on every Friday. And the one that you're listening to today was recorded on Tuesday, the 28th of April, and will be released the Friday of that week. Uh, so thank you once again for listening. Um, yeah, we're just trying our best out here, and we hope, as always, that you guys are all staying safe and well. Um, myself, I've been trying to keep myself busy, trying to keep to a bit of a schedule, but it has been a bit hard, um, and that's actually quite topical for today's um, topic of this episode, which is about mental health, especially during this time. And, of course, we do have a couple of special guests on today. Uh, we've been talking about her for a while, um, ever since way early on, and, unfortunately, it's just taken a while to get us here. But, finally, we've got her on the pod, and that is our very own Vice President, Bree Zaccato. Bree, say hi. Hello. <laughs> I didn't really, I did, should have thought that through more carefully and really <laughs> right. a proper greeting, but yes. Hello everyone. <laughs> and back today, um, we also have Chris, our sound guy. Um, he's back. Hello, Chris. Hi. There you go, Brie. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> um, yeah, so three of us today and um, yeah, this week has been a bit interesting. I have mentioned that it's Tuesday and yesterday was our first day of online learning. And there are a bit of bumps that we need to iron out during this time. I think some of our educators as well have been trying to work out how to transition from, you know, hands-on learning and onto online learning. So I hope you guys are doing okay with that. Um, but yeah, for me, myself, I tried to wake up for the 8am lecture yesterday. I couldn't do it, but that's all right. At least things, <laughs> at least things are recorded. And yeah, so I hope everyone's doing okay. And before we get into the nitty gritty of this episode, um, I'll just ask you guys, how have you been? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks. Just plodding along like yourself, trying to get back into the swing of doing some online content and uh, staying engaged as much as possible. Yeah, that sounds good. And Chris, how have uh, you been since the last time? Honestly, I'm finding that my, the biggest challenge with this online portal is now that I have no external imposed structure, like other than the live lectures, I find it very difficult to get up and then do this and do that. So the yeah, plan, the plan every day is to do that, <laughs> and the plan, the success every day so far has been a two p.m. wake up time. So we're um, wow we're working on working on improving that. <laughs> I think that's about the average wake up time that I've heard from a couple of people. Yeah. Some people are going to sleep at eleven a.m. Um, I'm talking to you, Andreas. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Andreas, our IT yeah. guy. Um, my oh uh, yeah, for me myself, I've been trying to wake up at around nine thirty ten. Wow, that's my wake up time. How about you, Bree? Uh, so I've been going to bed, look, really varied times. I've been hitting 4am <laughs> a lot of nights. Um, but because the day starts at 9am for most people, I've and I'm still trying to do things for the ADSS, I've sort of accidentally been waking up at 9 or 10 and trying to respond to emails and oh, things and then no. falling back asleep. <laughs> so it's been wild. <laughs> so if you guys email Brie and get a response back at 3am... Oh, look, uh, I'm basically why. available 24-7. I don't know <laughs> there you go. what else to do. It's the with true myself. AUDSS spirit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I wondered how many minutes into the podcast it would take for you to bring that up, Chris, and it's I'm glad two you or three. did not there disappoint. You <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so for those of you who don't know, I've mentioned before, Bree is our vice president. Um, she's a very well-known figure in the dental school. Um, it is a shame that you guys haven't seen her around in person because she's very loud. Quite the character. Perhaps would have heard me around in person. <laughs> yeah. um, and she is um, pretty much a very strong voice for the student body, um, especially uh, with the faculty and the wider university. Um, and you were the representative for, was it the Health Faculty, Faculty of Health and Medical Sciences last year? Yeah, I was. Um, yes. It's, yes. We've yes. got, I've got a few <laughs> positions. We'll go through it in a sec, I suppose. All right, but before we get into that, let's tell us a bit about yourself. So, Brie, where are you from? Uh, so, I'm from a town that's about 450 kilometres south of Adelaide called Mount Gambia. Um, and you guys, we don't have visual on the podcast, but um, my Zoom background at the moment is the Blue Lake, um, much yes. to the amusement <laughs> of Bruce and Elaine. Um, 
So I, yeah, I grew up in Mount Gambia. Um, both my parents were born here and live here. Um, I have an Italian background, so all of my grandparents were born in Italy and immigrated to Australia. Um, so yeah, my I guess what does that make me second generation Australian? I'm yes, I'm really bad. I'm, I'm bad at the, the knowing the things. Um, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, I grew up um, not speaking Italian, but uh, my grandparents do and um so I think I probably speak the best Italian out of my cousins but it's not very good Ooh, John John threw out an Italian accent in an earlier episode and I was <laughs> like no nah, I'm not speaking any Italian on the show I'm not competing with somebody who did it all through high school so um, I believe um your nickname on someone's chat is al dente is it not <laughs> yeah I think it's pastor al dente but like pastor <laughs> is like a priest <laughs> instead of the pastor um no that's so good yep. we should we should add that into the title for this podcast yeah, absolutely pastor al dente. <laughs> sure. um all yeah, right i forgot I'm to still here and um yeah. oh sorry i've cut you off <laughs> no, no no i was gonna say um what made you interested in dentistry but we can get to that a bit later yeah no, right. keep, well, going, keep going I could, oh, yeah, yeah so um I grew up in Mount Gambier I went to the same school throughout my entire schooling except for the very first year so I went to a Catholic school um I've mentioned that it's not necessarily a huge part of my life but um I did make uh, some really great friends there and um I did very well and uh during my time at school I was on like the SRC um for a number of years I was also held the position of faith and well-being leader in year 12. Oh, no is, way. <laughs> That's perfect for this. <laughs> um, which is interesting. So I've uh, had some experience with student leadership and um, also, you know, student advocacy and uh, like social justice type things as well. Anyone who knows Bree is absolutely not surprised by this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, whenever I talk to my friends from school now and they ask, you know, how's uni going? I'm like, oh, I'm quite busy because I'm, I'm VP. And they're like, oh, that's just classic you. Um, I could say even then I got on pretty well with the staff at the school and managed to make some things happen there. And so uh, those are, yeah, some bits and pieces about me. I played uh, a fair few sports growing up, a bit of soccer, a bit of netball um, and competed in a lot of the school sports teams. And that's actually why I sort of travelled to Adelaide a lot, which was on school sports. Um, as for why I wanted to. Yeah, I know, a bit weird. Um, <laughs> also, my godmother lives up here. She's like mum's best friend from when she grew up. So we used to visit Auntie Mel. And, um, oh, lovely. We'd go there. Um, in terms of, did you want me to talk about why I did dentistry? Or? Yes. Okay, I'll just keep going. And everyone's like, <laughs> lecture from Breeze. I think it's Carter. interesting <laughs> because, um, you know, a lot of people don't find dentistry a career that you would want to pursue for the rest of your life. So I think it is interesting to ask this question. And um, you're absolutely right. A common question I get is like, do you really want to look at teeth all day? Yeah. And I want to know why nobody is asking podiatrists, do you really want to look at feet all day? Well, exactly. They do. They do, they, do they do ask podiatrists that for sure. Oh, it's a, that, it's I think they deserve get a bit more. Yeah. We get a bit yeah. more raised eyebrows. Um, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I didn't immediately want to do dentistry from high school and I didn't sit the UMAT. Um, until I'd already been in uni for a year. So I started off doing a Bachelor of Science Advanced at Uni Adelaide um, and I lived in one of the residential colleges uh, in North Adelaide. I was at Aquinas, I guess, quick shout out to them. <laughs> um, and I was there for a couple of years and now uh, one of um, the other Aquinians um, was studying dentistry and uh, she was like, I was kind of tossing up between dentistry and medicine and like I knew I wanted to do something clinical because my time in science had sort of shown me that I really did like the content, but research perhaps wasn't for me, like just doing research in a lab. Like I wanted to work with people more um, in a more direct role. And so, yeah, somebody mentioned clinical stuff. Um, I talked to her and she said, there's no assignments in dentistry. And I was like, sign me up. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I applied and um, was obviously successful um, in getting in. Um, I took a gap year in between sort of that decision, getting in and then um, coming back to uni. And during that time, I worked in a timber mill. Um, oh, well, I did not know that. Oh, well, there you go. I stacked timber um, for like, I guess, 12 months, um, which is quite odd. People like in first year would like refer, they'd be like, things at the, the lumber yard and like they'd call me a lumberjack and I was like that's oh not, not what I did but um yeah so that was uh, an experience I've yeah worked a few different jobs and bits and pieces along the way but I am I'm old um I recently went from youth alarm yeah you can't studying. say you're old with Chris on this part as well <laughs> yeah, you're, you yeah, know what, you're yeah, right yeah, I am yeah, not bring it up, the geriatric <laughs> Sorry, this conversation I do have the geriatric award and I wear proud, proudly so I, I think you absolutely should um we're all about being proud of ourselves <laughs> thank you um 
but yeah, so I kind of looked at that. I'd had like a fair bit of ortho growing up. Like I probably had braces on for about five years um, because, well, I won't go into the details of what exactly was going on with me, but I'm happy to tell people about it if they want to know. It becomes um, a new ILA, like ILA. Yeah, I, oh, <laughs> yeah. it, it would be a pizza because I had trauma. Yeah. And so, oh, no. you know what, I'd, I'd see it. Um, but uh, from there, I never really had issues with the dentist. And um, the more I kind of thought about it and realised that, you know, it, it is a profession where you do encounter a lot of anxious people. And perhaps that will come into today's discussion. Um, yes. One thing that sort of comes up is that I am, reasonably supportive and um that's something that I think is probably one of the better parts of my abilities in clinic and things my ability to relate to people and try and make them feel comfortable and I always feel like it's a big success for me when it's not so much like yeah you can do a restoration and it looks fantastic but like for me it's about providing a positive experience to the patient and um that for me and I think that should be the the overarching goal for all of us in the health profession is it's for the people really (laughs) we're working for the people All right, so um, I'll move on to our next question today, which is what made you want to run for vice president of the Dental Society? Uh, So I've talked a bit about how I've had some previous leadership roles. Um, And in first year, one of my friends actually nominated me for year rep and then the class decided to vote for me. Idiotic decision. They've sealed their fate because I've been year rep every year (laughs) (laughs) and I have not been ousted from the position just yet. Um, But so some experience. um, No one would dare just now. (laughs) (laughs) They might try. I don't know. Um, And so uh, getting a bit of experience working with um, staff in that regard and also with trying to understand the needs of the student body um, was quite interesting. And then sort of following on from that, kind of looked at ADSS and was like, oh, you know, my understanding of them was, you know, we organised like student affairs and um, in terms of lecture content and um, also like your parties from the events team, some of the community aid things. Um, and it is like a wide range of things to do, but I never really considered how they function in relation to the dental school and in terms of student advocacy. So it really only struck me kind of when I was on perhaps when I was on programs board from third year onwards, um, how the dental school actually runs. Um, and when I was acting as secretary last year for Calvin and Joey, um, Calvin Chung, that is, um, yes. <laughs> not to be confused. Not the, the current, current Calvin. Exactly. Um, when I was working with them, it struck me that they had a lot of opportunities to speak to key stakeholders in our education. Um, and I think that the ADSS is quite important because we have such a responsibility to represent the students when people think of how to engage with the dental students like when they're external to the school they don't think oh we'll contact the year reps or we'll contact the undergraduate representative on the programs board they think we're going to contact the president of the student society and so a lot of those queries come through Calvin and I and um, it is an opportunity to yeah effectively represent people so that's kind of why I wanted to get into those positions because I I thought about it and I a lot of the thing I'm quite passionate about optimizing the student experience, like making it as good as it can be within the limitations mm-hmm. that are sometimes present. Um, and yeah. I knew that I wouldn't have to be president to do those things necessarily. And like Calvin and I talked about it a lot. We've worked together on a number of committees before um, and we've both been year rep and we managed to organize third year ball without killing each other. And that's honestly like one of the biggest achievements I think anyone can have. Um, And so once we kind of discussed it a bit, but we knew that we had similar ideas about what was effective student representation and he knew like why I was so passionate about these things. And um, he said, let's run together. And I'm, I agreed. It yeah. makes sense to work as part of a team with someone that you trust. And, exactly. Um, That's definitely a noble reason, not something like, oh. you know, for the cloud or for the resume. That's definitely not what we hear. That's a very hashed out reason, uh, which is what we love to hear. And we're very happy that to have both you and Calvin representing us, I think, um, especially during this difficult time. You guys have really stepped up your game, even though even before that you guys are doing an awesome job, but especially during this time. So thanks to both of you. Um, now I've got a couple of questions from I will Chris. interrupt you there and say <laughs> oh, sure. it helps when we have an excellent committee with people such as yourself but also everyone else on the executive um, are really fantastic and uh, and people reaching out to us looking for things is what makes us effective at our, our job. Yes. Communication is really critical. Yes, I was just fishing for that compliment. I'm not part of the committee. You know, I'm not part of ADSS, so I don't need That's, it to be Yes, you are. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, need, I didn't need to be included. In that. I didn't the need general to. committee is just as critical. Uh, okay. 
Uh, the exec the executives feel bad, so they tell the gen comms there what their value. Very good. Oh, Thank for you. Goodness <laughs> Chris kidding. is going to be fired after this. I'm calling it. Now. Uh, <laughs> so, Brie, do you listen to podcasts? Maybe yes, not. I do a little bit. Um, I had my tonsils out in third year. Trust me, this story is going somewhere. Wow. Um, and be- after I had them out, they put you on this cocktail of medications to help you fight infections because you've just had the surgery um, to promote recovery, like to minimize bleeding and things. And I don't know what it was. I, it could have been the steroids in there, but something in that made me really productive. And I, it was the most productive I've ever been. I did so much work. I cleaned the whole house. My housemate had been at her boyfriend's for the weekend and she came home and she was like, what happened? And then she couldn't speak because I was too busy trying to force her to drink what was left of the Midori in the cupboard because I was like, we need to get rid of this bottle and I can't have it there anymore. And she was like, why are you so productive? Anyway, (laughs) so during that time I needed something to do while I was like, had my hands busy. And so I went looking around for podcasts and um, one of my interests is gaming um, because I didn't. I looked at some dental podcasts, but like at the time, I felt like when I'm at home, I didn't always want to be exposed to dental things. I didn't want my mind just continually ticking over dental mm-hmm, concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, and video games was something I really enjoyed, but didn't I don't always have time for it. Um, so sort of staying connected to the world in some way um, was what I was looking for. And so I came across a podcast and it's called What's Good Games. And at the time, it's an all-female cast um, and they have various guest stars, but essentially it's a weekly podcast and they go through the video game news for the week. They talk about like what they're playing at the moment. Um, and I've gotten some really good game recommendations from there and found like games that have become like my favorites um, from their recommendations. So I definitely recommend giving them a listen. And then from there, one of their hosts also appeared on Kind of Funny Games Daily quite regularly. Um, And so I listen to Kind of Funny as well. Sometimes they have a games cast which spotlights a particular game and they talk about their reviews of it. And I do like that they don't just sort of assign scores. I think scoring of games in general is important, but um, I do just like hearing people's opinion on it. And once you kind of get a feel for who which personality likes what sort of game, I can kind of think, oh, if this presenter likes that game and I've liked all the other games that they've liked, I'll like this game as well. Um, so those are some, those are the two main ones I listen to. Like if somebody recommends something else, um, I'll listen to it. But yeah, those are the ones I sort of find myself continually going back to. And so then what else, is it those two mainly that you're listening to when you have downtime from uni or do you read or do anything else? Uh, so I, I watch a bit of TV. Um, reading is something that I used to do an insane amount of as a child. Like I used to be a real bookworm. I'd go through like as many of the books in the library as I could. Um, but I just found as I got older, I really don't have the, I think it's, it might just be a patience thing or like I'm just too high energy all the time <laughs> to sit there and physically hold a book and start flicking through. Um, so I haven't been reading much, but uh, at the moment I'm currently watching Westworld. Um, I'm on yeah, season. That's two, awesome, and it it is incredible. I yeah. I love it so much. The music is always on point. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just a really interesting concept, and I don't know. It's I, I think it's worth giving a shot. My, the first season was probably my favorite. I think the second one I kind of was kind of coming in and out of a little bit, but um, the third season's got me hooked again. So see so yeah, how that goes. Um, and the other one I'm watching is Killing Eve, and I watched that with a friend of mine. Um, and I don't know if you've ever seen it. I watched Grey's Anatomy, like I, I binged <laughs> that. So if you've seen any of Grey's Anatomy, you've probably heard of Christina Yang, and yes. she's played by Sandra Oh, and she stars in Killing Eve, and she's phenomenal, phenomenal in it. And um, it's about a female serial killer, and I don't really, I don't want to say too much more because I do think you just need to watch it. I think the first season might be on Stan. Um, but they released the new episodes on ABC iView because oh, they've got a partnership, I suppose, um, to broadcast. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I've, de- I've heard of both of those, but I still haven't myself gotten onto them, so maybe I will Definitely now. recommend Killing Eve. Just get to I it. also feel like there's, a, there's an inverse relationship between reading for pleasure and being at uni because you just read so much at uni. Once you graduate, you'll be back to the books. <laughs> Speaking from uh, a mature age student there, Oh, very good. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Crossing to second the- count. Second time for today. We've got to get it. We've got to hit it three times. We've got to bring up my age just one more time. All right. 29. Save it don't, don't just fire it off without it mattering. Oh, sorry, guys. 29 um, and so single, Brie. <laughs> oh, no. That did not story. come from me. <laughs> that, um, uh, okay, maybe another time, time to unpack that. Maybe time for a break now. A quick word from our sponsor, Wright Evans Partners. Um, Thank you so much to Wright Evans Partners who are supporting the AEDSSS. 
Sorry, that was a lot of S's in that. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for supporting us. Adelaide um, Dental Student Snake Society. Yes, yeah, so Wright Evans Partners are offering financial help and advice. Um, and they are actually help, uh, offering this advice during this period. So if you are a current domestic student or a new graduate who have reduced income during this time due to COVID-19, um, they are offering help with financial planning and also some advice on the government um, subsidiary payments, including JobSeeker and JobKeeper. So get them to contact with Wright Evans Partners and let them know that you are from the Adelaide University Dental Student Society and they will be able to help you out during this difficult time. Today's topic, we mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, but we are talking about mental health today. Obviously, this is an important issue, not only in today's situation, but it's something that has come to rise um, because a lot of people are finding themselves socially isolated. And um, even before there was a pandemic of a respiratory virus, there was a pandemic for loneliness. I think a lot of um, studies have been rising because of that. Um Luckily, you know, for most of us, we are able to be in a safe situation at home and we do have people that we can contact, but we understand that it's still difficult for a lot of people and uh, not only will there be lots of economic ramifications after this, but there will be for sure social ramifications. Um, so today, yeah, we ha- we do have Brie on this pod and as she's already talked about before, she has um, some experience with advocating for mental health. Um, so Brie, I'd like to ask you a couple of questions, I guess, first of all, to talking about how do we become aware of our mental health and um yeah so one of the challenges I think with mental health these days uh, I mean with every day is still the stigma associated with mental health Mm -hmm. and I think that sort of uh sometimes the shame of not being mentally healthy um can prevent people from wanting to examine themselves too closely because if you don't look too close, like you can't see the problems and it's sort of easy to just kind of continue on with your life and, and, and try and pretend everything's okay. And, you know, that's another sentiment you might hear a lot, which is that, you know, you just need to soldier on. Um, but there are sort of effective ways to do that and it's not always about burying your head in the sand about it. So in terms of becoming aware of your mental health, like quite often it could be other people noticing changes in you before you um so for me um I know that like I've got a really good set of friends um and if I'm having a rough time like it'll sometimes it'll be one of them who checks in and says hey we've noticed that you know this has been happening with you lately like is everything okay and it it kind of makes you take a step back and look at yourself and think you know what I have been a bit down lately and I think that there's you know those symptom checklists out there for depression and anxiety that I think everyone can pretty much access Um, and you can kind of look at them, but you know, it's sometimes it's more than just the symptoms that like you do need to be aware of how you're feeling. Um, there are some apps that can kind of help you track your mood and things like that. And, you know, um, it might be a matter of looking at those, but I think in general, it's when you see those changes for more than two weeks that you kind of look and say, well, this is sort of becoming a bit more of a long-term problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. Probably yeah, just like an ulcer that doesn't disappear in two weeks if you're feeling down <laughs> for more than two weeks, How mate. Dare you yeah. bring great all link, time that's into great this. <laughs> I can't believe that. Yeah, refer to a specialist. No, yeah. um, yeah, but let me just give man. Prof Logan a quick call. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so moving on from, I guess, noticing that maybe there's something about our mental health, we're not feeling as happy as um, you know, we think we should, and it's not just about. Uh, not feeling happy, you know, feeling normal, but it's about feeling down for extended periods of time. I think, I think that's what you're getting on to, Brie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah so I think that probably for students um, and even like if you want to specify further dental students, there are a lot of factors that can kind of lead to these feelings. Um, and so for many students, they've moved out of home to attend university, um, either interstate or internationally. That's a huge transition to make. And quite often they don't have a fully developed support network when they arrive. Um, so those things that I've talked about, about my friends checking in with me and things, it might not be viable for somebody who's just gotten into the country or the state um, and is also trying to adjust to what is quite a full-on program at times. Um, and so trying to cope with those bits and pieces um, can be really challenging. Um, I think probably the biggest 
sort of recommendations I can make around that are uh, one of the reasons dentistry is challenging because there's expected it's expected that there's a high level of precision in some of the work we do um, and also there's high expectations from the people that we work on our patients um, because you're working on somebody's face and you know sometimes it's their mm-hmm. smile and sometimes it's their ability to eat and speak normally um, and mm-hmm. it's sort of in your hands it can be a lot of pressure for people um, and I think that that does sort of come through um, you know a lot of the discussions I have with students mm-hmm. Um, but probably one thing that I kind of, it's a bit of a weird one, but I kind of took away from, uh, second year sim clinic was I was doing a wax carving and, um, <laughs> which is straight up the light and I'm not good. I'm not at all artistic, um, like some of my classmates and like yourself, Elaine. Um, but I oh, just, no. oh no, let's <laughs> plug Elaine's artistic art. in different ways. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I'm not at all good at sort of perhaps making things beautiful. And um, so when I was, I was doing this restoration and I'm sort of quite hard on myself, which is I, I think a common theme among a lot of people who come into this program. We have high expectations for ourselves, whether it's in like an academic aspect or like on a personal one. Um, and I'd done this restoration and I was like, oh, this cusp, it's just, it's too short. Like I've not, <laughs> I've taken off too much of it. Oh, that's the I horror. Was, yeah, and I turned to the tutor and I was like, I think I should just redo it. And she was like, no. She was like, you wouldn't redo this in clinic. She was like, this is still functional. Like, it's still appropriate. She's like, if I did that, I would leave it. She's like, you wouldn't redo this. And so even mm-hmm. sometimes it's about recognising that even if you're not functioning at 100%, if it's still functional, it's not the end of the world. And I think mm-hmm. that that kind of feeds into that concept of sort of being kind to yourself um, at this point mm-hmm. in time. And so that's probably one of the things that's kind of stayed with me. Um, in terms of trying to manage issues around mental health, it's, yeah, don't, it's not always about operating at 100% because sometimes that's not possible, but operating at 50% is better than operating at zero. And, um, you know, people talk about, oh, I just can't be bothered cleaning my whole room. Like, uh, and that's a really common one that I hear when people are struggling um, with depression um, is trying to keep things clean and trying to find the will to do things. But even if you only half clean your room, but even if you just make your bed, it's still something you've achieved and mm-hmm. it's still worth doing because it's it means that you've got something to go back to at night. Yeah, exactly. And it comes into trying to be perfectionist, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, perfection is unattainable. Let's mm-hmm. put that out there. Um, and, yeah, I think that is really important that people take that message home with them. But it doesn't matter if it's not perfect. What matters is that you put the effort in, you did something, and that counts as something. And it's the journey as well. It's the it's the realization that as a student, like we're we're so used to being like didactic learners where we just get information shoved in our head and regurgitate. But with clinical skills like this, it's a it takes time to get Mm -hmm. stuff automated within you so that you can go from focusing on everything to then focusing on smaller details. So it's gross things first, and then five years out, or like like in fifth year, you can focus on all the really simple. Oh, sorry, the really nitty gritty things but when you're starting exactly. and it doesn't even like end it doesn't end yeah. no, no it doesn't it keeps no. going yeah up until you retire you're still learning every single day I think that's what dentists out in the field as well say there's so yeah. much more to know and not only with dentistry but I think in general um yeah so that's really good message and that sort of answered my next question which was how we practice self-care so that's really good I think, I think mindfulness I guess yeah. is what you're touching on there yeah so I've got uh, probably a couple of suggestions in terms of like mindfulness, um, there's this app, Smiling Mind, and I'm not sponsored by them in any way, <laughs> but damn, we should be. Um, because I think that um, trying to find apps that are sort of free and um, easily accessible for students can sometimes be um, a bit tricky. And there's a heap of apps out there to help with meditation. This is just one that I like um, because it does have one of those, how are you feeling at the starts? And so you like talk about how content or how stressed you might be feeling. Um, and then afterwards you can log how you're feeling after um, the meditation practice. Um, and they have a couple that are designed for um, sleep. Uh, and one of the things I really struggle with is switching off at the end of the day um, and following along with one of their um, sort of guided meditations is something that I've found to be successful in the past. Um, I guess in terms of other things that you can do, we'll talk a bit about maybe routine and whatnot later, but um, mm-hmm. I think probably that doing that 50% thing uh, also re- like can be in response to eating as well. I read somewhere that um, people talked about how much effort it is to maybe make a salad or a sandwich and then their therapist was like, well, you don't have to actually assemble it. Like you could just eat all the individual components 
and you would mm. still get the same nutritional content from it. And I'd never thought of it like that, but I do find that, yeah, sometimes it chunking things down like that can make them more manageable. I'm not suggesting everyone out there just eat the yeah. components of a salad whenever <laughs> you're doing salad. Fair, it's an exact, yeah. Caesar salad sauce poured directly into your mouth with croutons <laughs> and bacon does sound pretty good. <laughs> you make the salad while it's in your mouth. Yeah. Yes. We're going oh, in, it's like just a mastication. Mastication, <laughs> mastication. Is, the, is the thing that blends it. <laughs> yeah. It's the salad shaker of the body. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so um, some pieces like that. Yeah. Okay. That. I think those are good tips. Um, I do also want to put out a disclaimer here that we're not experts. We're Absolutely. Just, couple students um like we always say every single time so if you do um feel like you need to find someone to talk to while you are experiencing a problem that you think is serious um there are a couple important resources that you can find and read you know some of those resources um beyond blue actually have a specific coronavirus portal at the moment because obviously at present everyone's quite anxious and stressed and a lot of us are in more isolated situations than perhaps we would ordinarily be um so they're at coronavirus.beyondblue.org.au um and i recommend going and having a look there it's also got like a section for small business owners and things because they've been hit quite hard um mm-hmm. by the current events um i think beyond blue in general has some pretty decent resources but um the thing that i always sort of advise people is like if you are having trouble like don't hesitate to talk to your gp about it um it's so common um they they've dealt with it um but it can be very hard for people to sort of um take the step to be like you know i'm not feeling quite right is there something that we can do um and i think for students you know there's obviously the counseling service at uni and whatnot but um i always think starting with a gp if you've got a relationship with them as well um makes it easier i'm not going to recommend talking to your dentist even if you've established a rapport (laughs) that meme comes to mind where it's like open up open up yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) my father never loved me as a child (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah no i think that uh there are a number of services out there and you just need to google um i think that if things are sort of getting into crisis territory i think lifeline is always an option lifelines the lifeline is really good one three eleven fourteen is their number but um Um, there's also friends too just talking like being consistently socially engaged whether it's mm -hmm. The Zoom or whatever can help to decrease feelings of loneliness, et cetera. It's really important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, uh, my friends are some of the most important people to me um, and they can help with a lot of like all of the things that I've sort of suggested around um, like eating and things can also be done like with your friends. Like I find that yeah. like my housemate might come home and she might be like, I'm making dinner. Like, do you want some? And that's like a prompt for me to then be like, yeah, I'll help out and I'll make dinner. And then I end up with something a lot more nutritious than perhaps if I tried to forge ahead on my own. Um, Also, you know, like exercise and things like that can be easier when you've got a friend there and and exercise. Like, uh, I don't think it doesn't have to be like hardcore working out exercise. Like just go outside, have a walk. I think that even just in itself. Going outside, full stop, get some of that vitamin D. And it, it um, wouldn't be it wouldn't be like me involved in something if I didn't bring up Anki. If you had flashcards <laughs> on your phone, you can leave your house and go for a walk and do flashcards. And I do this all the time, and it's two birds with one stone. There you go, Anki. A N K. You guys can't We're gonna see have us. A, a segment of Chris <laughs> talking about Anki. Uh, you should have said. Look. Okay, Elaine and I have both just buried our faces in our hands because we can't believe that Anki has still come up. <laughs> it's an un, it's unsolicited and for good reason. I, you, I just want you have to, to be one of the developers. I don't believe that you <laughs> are not, not, not on I'm the Anki payroll. I'm not, I'm not any of those guys. I am on the Reddit as um, <laughs> I am Flexen. That's that's my name on Reddit. Um, so if you want to come and see some of my posts, I'm there. Oh, uh, no. But yeah. You can walk and study. It's the best. Just go outside, smash flashcards, get home, play Call of Duty. I think go. we need one of those disclaimers that they have on Pokemon Go, which is while you're out and about, please be oh, aware yeah. of your surroundings. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. All like zombies around was, You are meant to turn off when you go out, so ah uh, okay, you, okay that's you important. <laughs> yes yes maybe maybe that's why i know lifeline's number off my heart because i don't because <laughs> <turn laughs> oh, no, i okay. don't turn off all right, it's, that's a bit much. Um, Moving uh, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably Let's take, finish up, yeah, later yeah, on with so um, he- some things people say. <laughs> so a bit of that heavy stuff out of the way. So this came up in um, a Zoom meeting that we had 
end of last week. Um, so randomly, Brie, you had on a, a marvellous Harry Potter T-shirt and then we started talking about dentistry and Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. So um, this is something that I came across ages ago and I want to talk about on a podcast. But I was watching, you know, on YouTube, classic, when you go down that YouTube hole and YouTube starts recommending random stuff, I came across this, like, 2000, I don't know, early 2000s, um, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, and it was um, Emma Watson as Hermione Granger. And what they had actually done is they made her a prosthesis of um, protruded incisors, central incisors, so buck teeth, essentially. And that was what she had in the book. And I remember thinking, oh, that's true. Um, Hermione had buck teeth, which apparently in a lot of literature and art is associated with being nerdy, which I'm not sure how, but there we go. And also the fact that her parents in the book are dentists, I believe. And um, later on in the series, uh, one of the wizards or witches, I can't remember exactly who, cast a spell and put her I think teeth it might in be, place. Yes. Malfoy is trying to curse, or it could be Goyle. It's a Slytherin male. Yeah. In the uh, classic. And the reason it's so savage is when it happens and she gets hit in the face by a spell that lengthens her central incisors, Snape looks at her and says, I see no difference. And it's just straight up savage. Damn. (laughs) Well, there we go. I thought that was so interesting because what is exactly is the, is you know, the mechanics behind this spell because her teeth get fixed after this and then she gets, like, perfect, I'm imagining, like, perfectly lined um, teeth, which if you guys do study dentistry, you know that this is not an easy um, feat to achieve. And if we get a patient that's like, oh, you know, like, why can't you just, like, you know, shove this tooth back in? It's definitely not that simple. Um, there's so many more things to consider here. You've got, you know, the size of your mandible, which is the jaw bones and the maxilla, and, you know, teeth can come out, pop out of nowhere, and there's all these horror stories of people trying to do these orthodontic tricks at home. But, yeah, just something interesting that came up across what the What about Neville Longbottom? Yeah. He's got the worst teeth in the world. Didn't he? He wore a prosthesis as well, I thought, to give oh, him, like, to make him worse looking. I thought, but I could be wrong. Oh, like, I'm, I'm so I hope, sorry I hope that's to the true actor. Because... <laughs> just, look, everybody knows that, is it Matt Lewis? Is that his name? I think he got really hot. In the think, yeah, yeah. It's okay. okay. He, like, he good save. Good yeah. save, Brie. Oh, yeah, nice. There you go. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I was thinking about this, Elaine, um, since you brought it up. And I also wondered, okay, well, first of all, we don't have, like, a good baseline for Hermione. Has anyone done a Mokdo assessment on that girl? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, there is one. I want to <laughs> say <laughs> Or maybe they prefer Ackerman Prophet. But secondly, um, there are probably a lot of students at Hogwarts. Like, they're all a bunch of teenagers. Surely some of them have malocclusion. Like, are there sure. students at Hogwarts running around with braces? And have exactly. we decided... When are we going to give Madame Pomfrey her declin dent ortho <laughs> for managing all these students for the seven years that they're there? Well, also, why do people think that solving your occlusion is as simple as waving your wand? Like, just was that? Like, why not fix everything else in your body whilst you're at it? Like, it's not that simple, guys. Are you suggesting there's a body mod community for wizards now? Like, that's the <laughs> darker know. side of the Harry Potter books. <laughs> um, I think a lot of the spells that they kind of conduct and also the potions, like, in terms of, like, like think of Polyjuice, for instance. Um, like, it wears mm. off after a period of time. And I think that I will confess now that I've read a bit of fan fiction to do with Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were like, exposed, TV, exposed. I was like, I can't talk about the fanfics I've read. But some yeah. of them have kind of like proposed theories to do with magic. And uh, one of the sort of um, themes I've come across is that um, in order to sustain a spell, it needs like a source. So would you be then drawing on the witch or wizard's own like magical power to sustain oh. whatever transfiguration or glamour charm that you might have um, going on. And so I think maybe for young witches and wizards especially, that might be quite challenging because I don't think they have quite large magical reserves yet because they're inexperienced. But does that mean that if you, wow. if you kill, but if you kill tons of people with like Avracadabra, does that mean that like you just <laughs> die a little bit? Avracadabra. 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 Oh, oh. Uh, Avracadabra. Oh, Avracadabra. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so. Does that not mean that, like, I was you just have saying, to, if your magical power runs out, they all come back to life then, right? Oh, no, I think death's pretty permanent because, like, it's just uh, a matter okay. of end. I don't know how Avada Kedavra works. Does it, like, sever some sort of important blood vessel and then you're dead? Because then that would be That's quite, cool. that would oh, be quite easy and it wouldn't be, like, something that would need, like, sustenance over time to end, because mm. like, you kill them and then it's over. But, um... <laughs> 
<laughs> but I guess it kind of, yeah, well, they've talked about the fact that Horcruxes, the reason, the way you can make them is by killing someone because it tears your soul apart a little bit. And so oh. that's that's why that's part of the process for making them. But let's go back to dentistry for a minute. Yeah, back to dentistry. From so what I remember, left hand. Yeah, got, Chris was like, maybe we could kill people. And I was like, Abra, yeah. maybe we shouldn't. Um, so <laughs> one of the things I, I think about is I'm pretty sure Ron has no idea what a dentist is and they try and explain it to him as a sort of muggle tooth doctor in the books. Yeah. First of all, like, can we agree that Ron probably has rampant caries? Like that boy eats so many <laughs> so sweets. Many His caries. brothers would. Yeah. His brothers would for sure because they made that sweet shop. Yes, they'd be wrecked. And you know that Mrs. Weasley is probably like loading up everything. Like she cooks so much, makes all these fantastic desserts and things. And the food at Hogwarts does not exactly seem like low in sugar either. Like they've got what treacle tart and things going on at dessert. No. So I've oh, considered man. Do you think they are lacing the pumpkin juice in the feasts with, with hydrose fluoride? Yes. That's, that's the <laughs> only thing. this might be it. And milk, yeah, milk protein. Yeah, that's in there too. And, like, is Madame Pomfrey treating, like, acute abscesses on students? Like, if it gets <laughs> to that point. Like, I just want to know. She wears a lot of hats and, like, she's just doing so many things. She's every medical specialty. Or does she, so true. Does she then refer them to St. Mungo's for, like, GA? I just I just feel like GA wouldn't be a thing. They just they they got they got wands, mate. Stupefy. Do you think can you do there's that spell? I don't know how to say it. It's scurgify or scurgify, and it's like a cleaning spell. Do you think that removes calculus? Oh, cool. Yeah, for sure. Is that how you do this? Could go so many ways. If we at deep dive analysis of dental students into the the science and facts of dentistry in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, <laughs> would we have a job in the Wizarding World? But I just I, feel like I feel like dentists and and muggles are like ants to humans. Like everything that we know is it, it means nothing to them because they got a wand and say a word. I'm like just saying just that the Voldemort sentiment is really coming through strong with you here, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> And I've had enough of this pure blood supremacy in this pod. <laughs> 13, 11, 14, everyone, lifeline support. If you if, if you're in trouble. If Voldemort is harassing you and your family. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, one of the things we talked about is, I mean, sometimes patients do come in expecting that you can just wave a wand or an instrument and things will be better. Yeah. Um, one of the things mm-hmm. we brought up is if there was a dentist with a wand, would they hold it using modified pen grip? <laughs> yes, that's, that's came up. And this actually came up. I went to uh, this was before lockdown. I went to a um a barbecue with some friends, and you have you know tongs in barbecue, and I was holding it in the modified pain group. And people looked at me and <laughs> they brought it up. They were like, "Why are you holding tongs that way?" And I'm like, "What do you mean? This is like this is the way. This is the only way. This is the most secure and safe way to exactly. hold these tongs." I have the most control in the modified. Did you finger rest on the hot plate though? <laughs> no, I wasn't quite that advanced. Okay. <laughs> you know, like one, fingers, you got one, one just, really short finger now. Just like an, a, a huge callus on like the tip of yeah. their fourth finger. Like that's just like the <laughs> yeah. finger is amazing. All right, so enough about Harry Potter, even though that was... Um, Unexpectedly. Yeah. Unexpected, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you've, um, Brie, you've, you've, you've established that you're into gaming. So mm-hmm. um, uh, we're like, so... You're into gaming, and I've also heard that you're part of the Illuminati. So, can you confirm what game you're into right now? Um, I will preface this by saying I'm not very good at gaming. I'm pretty poor at multiplayer. My interest in games um, is as something I enjoy as like the narrative experience. So perhaps that's why I don't read as much because I find that the narrative in games these days is so strong. Um, yeah. And like I think they've we're in the gaming podcast episode, you guys talked about how cinematic. Um, some of the games are at the moment. And um, I think that's probably why I consume a lot of content there. But um, I'm not good at them. <laughs> so I will preface it by saying that. But I do enjoy my single-player experiences um, and get through those. As for what I'm playing at the moment, I'm playing some weird games. I recently bought a Nintendo Switch. Yes, <laughs> this, this did Switch. come up. <laughs> yep. um, I got it from Costco. So if you're looking for them, maybe they're there. <laughs> and I... Um, I've been playing Animal Crossing on there because... It's oh, really so good. I'm so jealous. No, it's, it's good, but I find I'm struggling to stay engaged. I'm like, where's the story? Guys, I make <laughs> the story. And it's about, like, living on an island by yourself in some regards. And I'm like, well, 
sort of already doing that at home. Yeah, that's not the right, that's not a good game for right now. <laughs> but it is very You're alone digitally and in real life. What can I, I think say? You can visit other people though. I think that's Yeah, I've had um uh, yeah. <laughs> Doug from third year come to my island. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm gonna find time to go to Calvin's island because um we've talked Maybe about we should do like a whole wide like BDS code. Hey guys, share your island codes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the BOH students is gonna have me at her island this week as well. There Cass, our BOH oh, liaison. She plays on the Nintendo Switch. Everyone go hi say hi to Cass. Um, oh, Cass, but, I love Cass. But um, the, probably the most, play, like, the gaming that I do is on my PlayStation 4 because, um, like, I, I have a Mac, so PC gaming is just not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just easy. I've always preferred just picking up a console and a controller and just going. Mm-hmm. Um, I've recently been playing something called Persona 5 The Royal and it's a re-release, sort of, of a game called Persona 5. Um I'm trying to work out where to start with playing this game. I went into it not really knowing anything about it. Um, but basically you are, it's set in Japan and you're a high school student who's been expelled from his previous school because he interfered in an assault that was going on and um, the aggressor was injured and sued him for it. And the aggressor was actually quite a high up politician. And so obviously the police were corrupt and rigged the case um, against you. Um, so you, the focus is on you moving to your new school and you move in above a cafe and that's your new like home. Um, and oh, the game focuses on some of the like secondary elements of this. Yeah. And so, but also the cafe part, not the other part. No, you're yes. like, ah, oh, I love being food. And well, yeah, I, need, I feel like I need to expand it. <laughs> um, so I, uh, yeah, you go there and then you like sort of live your school life and do exams and build skills and things. But also while you're going to school one day, you accidentally end up in an alternate universe called the metaverse. Oh, amazing. Which is where palaces form. And palaces are where you have someone who's really evil and their desires have distorted their cognition. Bear with me on this. And you have to explore these palaces and when you steal their treasure, which is usually like the root of what's made them a bit evil, um, then they might revert to normal. Or they might have complete mental breakdown and die. So these are some options. Um, See, this sounds like an <laughs> anime plotline that has been like there's an anime that goes with it a, as oh, well. There we go. And the well, like they've made an anime based on it. Um, and there's also the cutscenes look very much like an anime, like the ones oh, that amazing. they it's it's actually one of the most stylish games I've ever played. The soundtrack is banging. I've put 150 hours into that game though yes. since it came out. <laughs> which is like a few, like it was maybe a month ago. I've do, I, I've been studying so hard. If any staff are listening to this, trust me, I've been working real hard on my studies. But um, <laughs> no, I've played a lot of Persona. Um, and so the in this re-release, I would say this is a definitive edition of the game because they've tweaked some of the mechanics from the first game that made it a bit frustrating to play at times, um, even though it was still fantastic. And I think it's quite highly rated on Metacritic at the moment. I think it might be sitting in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll double check that. And um, it's just uh, really good and really engaging. And I sometimes stream it on Twitch so that my friend Bella yeah, can do. watch me What's play. What's your Twitch handle? What's your Twitch handle for all the <laughs> I listeners? Don't know. At the moment, playing a game called Catherine, which is where you are sort of dating three women, all called Catherine. And then <laughs> when you go to bed at night, you have this nightmare where you're trying to climb a tower. So it's this weird puzzle platformer by that's so great social thing by day, and though, and it's, it's made a- by the same company. Um, so they do these yeah, yeah. like weird gameplay in one segment. And uh, the main reason it's called Persona, sorry, is because you collect personas. Imagine like Pokemon, but more stylish. Uh, and you yep. can use them to fight demons and, in this palace. Much darker. Cool. Yes. Much darker than Pokemon. There we go. Yep, certainly. <laughs> um, and it, Would you it, say, Catherine, is good practice for people wanting to be um, bad at relationships? Humans? Yes. 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 Okay. Absolutely. Shout out. <laughs> I think Catherine is for terrible people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, to reiterate our earlier message in this um, episode, please seek help if you are experiencing serious issues and we I are just the, joking. Yeah, the main the main messages, um, I think, oh, if you wanted to move on from gaming, um, sort of the main messages that I would communicate in relation to mental health are is that there is light at the end of it um, and the yes. current situation we find yep, ourselves definitely. in is going to be forever. There is stuff to look forward to. Um, and you just really need to be kind to yourself and uh, find those things that you enjoy and, and just do them. Exactly. Right. And if it's as easy as setting up a, like, waking up at a certain time, grabbing a coffee, scrolling the internet, bam, boom, done. 
you already yep. kind of feel better than yourself rather than just like yep. you know trying to like wake up in a haze you don't know what time it is um you know not everyone has plans every day but if you make those tiny little goals I think that helped with keeping you sanity and of course stay connected talk to each other um and we will get through this we are already doing great as a country thank thankfully um we are seem to be successful at flattening the curve but that doesn't mean that we need to stop and get reckless so still keep that in mind and yeah so um for next week's episode we will be releasing next friday and for that one we will have uh a very special guest, uh, Calvin Wong, is back, the, our president from episode two. He'll be back on that episode and we will be talking about issues surrounding racism and also about being an Australian-born Chinese for both of us. So stay tuned for that one next Friday. Um, for upcoming events in the new Adelaide Dental Students Society, I can't say Adelaide that. University I can't, Dental that's it. Thank you. Society. <laughs> Thank you. Um, A-U-D-S-S, two S's. Um, uh, Tonight, when this podcast is being released, so at 8 p.m. tonight, May 1st, there will be an 8SS Netflix party. Um, I think at the moment we're tied between Shawshank Redemption and The Big Short, so we'll see what movie um, ends up streaming for that one. So hop on over to Netflix party and download the Chrome extension for that one today. Um, also coming up, we do have um, some specialist society uh, events held by our wonderful student affairs team and most of these are on zoom um so though there will be regular notifications on facebook so stay tuned for those and if you want to um, keep up with your knowledge during this time i know it's hard to think about studying but yeah uh, look out for those ones and we've also got sleep out that will be being held in the near future and more information on that um in later episodes and make sure as always, to like our Facebook page and, um, yeah, look out for future notifications. So, we'll just so, jump in here, Elaine, quickly. Yeah. We've actually got a special society club on on Friday afternoon at 1 o'clock. We've got the OMS one, OMFS one um, with Dr Kim Sow. So if anyone's interested in that, definitely yes. please tune in. This and time. OMFS being our maxillofacial surgery. <laughs> yeah, what, what Madame Pomfrey is. It's like I said. Yes. <laughs> yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. All right, any final words other than that from you two? No, I am El Finito. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you guys next week.